No, I think Bitcoin is a great product. <laughs> I think it's the best consumer product in the history of the world. I really do. Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. And joining me today, Corey Clipston, the CEO and co-founder of Swan Bitcoin. I'm sure you know who they are. They launched earlier this year and it's just been an incredible, incredible journey. Big thanks to Corey for coming on early on my podcast, on my journey into this field of content creation and trying to add some value to the space that gave me so much. Jan and Corey both came on separately to talk about Swan pre-launch. And we've all sat back in in awe uh, because they're, they're building something really, really impressive. And it was great to, to invite Corey back on. We had this one planned for a while. He's been very, very busy, head down, getting things sorted out at Swan and so many different parts of that business to to build. So thanks for coming on, Corey. Hope everybody enjoys this one. Don't forget, of course, if you want to go stack some sats over in the US, everywhere but New York, unfortunately, www.swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten. Go start stacking some sats over there with those guys. And if you're in the UK, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten has you covered. Take care. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of the Once Bitten Podcast and welcoming back Corey Clipston from Swan Bitcoin. Corey, thanks so much for taking the time and, uh, and welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Good to see you guys. So Lauren, do you have the first question for Corey? Yes. Um, why, uh, finally, why did you decide to um, make Swan Bitcoin? That's a really good question. And I feel like we could talk about that for hours because it just comes down to uh, discovering Bitcoin and learning about it and wanting to make it really easy for other people to learn about it and to make it really easy for them to to buy it. Um, so here's what I would say. There are already plenty of places to buy Bitcoin. You know, there have been exchanges out there like Kraken and Bittrex and Coinbase in the States and all kinds of uh, some of those guys are international and there are other, you know, exchanges like Bitstamp that are popular in Europe. And um, basically it boils down to I see Bitcoin as a savings technology and I see it as something that you want to be constantly accumulating into to whatever degree you're comfortable and so when I think about this in terms of, of, you know, if you have listeners in the States, and I think this is pretty similar probably in, in the UK and parts of Europe as well, you know, the main buckets of savings for Americans are in their home or in their retirement accounts. And there's something very similar about both of those. They're both one-time decisions that you don't have to make over and over and over again. So you don't have to be like a trader 
Uh, you just have to be a one, you just have to make that decision one time. I'm going to buy a house. And now every month I'm just obviously making my payment, building up that equity in that home. And, and I own, you know, some, some of my portfolio is a real estate asset. And similarly with a 401k is what we call the retirement accounts in the U S and you make that decision one time. And then, you know, every week or every two weeks or every month from then on, uh, a little bit of your paycheck is diverted into your retirement account to to make investments or whatever it is that you want to own in your 401k account. So similarly, Bitcoin, I think the easiest way for people to, uh, you know, just accumulate a meaningful position, a meaningful amount of Bitcoin over time is just to set it and forget it. We say, uh, we say swan and chill, um, playing off the Netflix and chill. Uh, slogan here in the US. Um, so yeah, you just decide once and and um, just let it let it build up your position over time. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And it's pretty cool that you can exchange your your money and your retirement. Like, mm-hmm. Then you can stack sets. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. And um, what else did you want to ask? Uh, uh, yeah, why did he decide to call it Swan Bitcoin? I think that's the name. That is that is the name. Well, you know, swans are pretty cool. Um, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're elegant. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we like the analogy of Bitcoin when it was born in 2008 and then went live in 2009. Didn't quite know what it was or what it was going to grow up to be. Maybe it was a little bit like an ugly duckling. It wasn't like all the other ones. Um, but it progressed and it grew and it became this beautiful thing that now, you know, 12 years later, uh, we're coming up on, on 12 years since the white paper came up, uh, in just a few weeks now, uh, it's this amazing creature that lives on the internet that we all know about and many of us use and many of us care about. And it's, uh, it's kind of like that, that beautiful swan that swims by and you're like, huh, well, that really is kind of, uh, one of the pinnacles of evolution over there, isn't it? That's pretty neat, and that's kind of what uh, Bitcoin is. It's uh, it's it's a beautiful animal. And then the other reason is um, I've just been an absolutely massive fan of Nassim Nicholas Taleb and his writing um, going back uh, eighteen years now. Um, I read, gosh, shoot, might be nineteen now. It was either fall of two thousand one or two thousand two that I came across fooled by randomness in the first article about him in the New Yorker by Malcolm Gladwell. And, you know, started reading anything that he would write uh, ever since. And he came up with the concept of the black swan. And that book became very popular. And, and I've often talked about Bitcoin as a black swan, which is something that is uh, very unexpected and has absolutely massive impact on the world. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that black swans can be positive, not just negative. And, you know, it's just it's something that happens. It can have positive or negative effects. And so that's what i see bitcoin as it's a it's it's a black swan maybe the biggest one ever and i think it has uh, dramatically positive effects for the globe and all of us people on it have you seen any black swans no not yet we've seen some before i we have yeah was i little they're very rare we've seen them on a river really mm-hmm. well next time we see one you'll think of Corey. okay and bitcoin yeah i got a question you know for for the story the the the, the black duck theme, Jiggy. Um, <laughs> why didn't it turn into a, the black swan instead of the white 
Why why was it black and not white? Why why did it turn into white instead of black? Because you know it's the ugly ducking duckling. It was grey. They're grey when they're babies. Yeah. All swans. Yeah. But then some become most become white. Yeah. And very, very few. It's very rare that some become black. And I don't know, maybe Corey has more insight on swan genetics than I do, but uh <laughs> I I think it was actually uh based on region. So there were no black swans known in the European world until somebody got to New Zealand and then they saw black swans there or something like that. Um, so I, I believe I'd have to go check, but my guess is that uh, any black swans you see now in these in the States or in Europe are probably imported. Uh-huh. There you go. Okay. Do you have any more questions? I think that's no. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> do you want to say goodnight to Corey? Bye and goodnight. Bye. Good night. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time. I was, I was about to ask Dean what more beer, but you got rid of one. Yeah. <laughs> now the listeners know. <laughs> it's good on beer. It's still, yeah. tea, it's still tea time here on the West Coast of the States here. Got my, I'm sure uh, that's my some kind of go. zen hippie tea, right? Or, or is it just your, your good old-fashioned uh, English breakfast? Uh, this is actually the double boiler black tea. So this is uh, Turkish tea. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you can you can make it to taste, which is nice. So you can have like heavily caffeinated or lightly caffeinated. This is kind of like a medium. Right, okay. Well, mate, so much has happened since we first spoke, which was way back in March, if you can believe it. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. You were one of the, uh, the earlier guests, um, yourself and Jan, uh, coming on um, separately and, and sharing your story and your vision for, for Swan. Um, when did you actually launch? When was launch day for Swan? March 30th. Wow. That has just yeah. blown past, isn't it? And here we are. May, June, July. I guess, what is that? April, May, June, July, August, September. Six months in. Yeah. Six months in a week. And I mean, so much has happened in the space. What has exceeded your expectations since, since you launched? Um, well, I'll start close to where I am, what has drastically exceeded my expectations is the number of people that would sign up for a service like Swan from a standing start, where we're the first place that they encountered Bitcoin and they basically just went straight through to becoming users after hearing about us on a show or, you know, coming across a link sent by a friend or whatever it is. You know, I, I think that about half of our users, and we have thousands now, um, and hundred percent of them are recurring purchasers. So we don't, we don't have anyone that isn't on a regularly scheduled buy. And I would say about half of them, this is the first Bitcoin that they've been purchasing. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, cause the, the OGs and the Bitcoin Twitter, like, and we got a lot of people that, you know, that moved off of Coinbase and came over or whatever, but mostly we just wanted them to be, you know, advocates and to know about us and to be able to recommend us because they're usually, you know, the Bitcoin guy or the Bitcoin gal in their circles. And that's worked really, really well. Um, but, you know, most people that have been around for quite a while, they have a big stack of Bitcoin. You know, it's not that big a deal. If they, if they want to buy some more, you know, they might go and just, you know, do a one-time buy through an OTC desk or something like that. And that's totally fine. And then, you know, but obviously we do have an awful lot of people that are just using it because it's super convenient. And it just takes all the mental stress away from having to think about, you know, is the price dipping? Oh shoot, it's going up and I missed it. And it's going to go through 12 this time and it's going to go to 15 and I won't have bought enough. And, 
you know, we humans are just really bad at timing the market. Most of us, you know, buy high and sell low. Yeah. It's better just to be set it and forget yeah, 100%. it. Yeah, 100%. So when you guys were like crunching the numbers earlier on and you you must have had an idea of where this might lead. I remember speaking to you probably just six weeks after launch and you were just kind of blown away by the response. Can you talk about like, what you were kind of expecting or hoping for and, and what what actually happened? Well, I remember I remember where we were at that moment in time in mid-April. And I remember being very excited about the launch and thinking like, wow, you know, a lot of small numbers, this rocket ship growth can't continue. Um, but we've actually 6X'd since the end of May. Wow. Um, so after all of that, you know, pent up demand and all the people that rushed through the doors because of all the market the marketing that we did, you know, January through March and, you know, the huge waiting list and all those people signed up. And I was like, okay, well, now we're going to have a lull and we're going to have to grind it out. Um, but it's just kind of uh, kept building, which is awesome. And you put that down to, to what? I mean, obviously there's, there's like the OGs sharing the links around, but that, that can't be the main driver. There's, no, I think there's... Bitcoin is a great product. <laughs> I think it's the best <laughs> consumer product in the history of the world. I really do. I really like we're selling a product that literally lets you exchange crappy money for good money. There's never been a better consumer product. You could argue that maybe, you know, Google search is up there as an enterprise product, or maybe you're super into Tesla cars or something like there's some other awesome products out there, but you know, I don't think there's ever been as pure and obvious value proposition once you understand Bitcoin. And if you, you know, have whatever level of conviction you do about it, you know, of course you would want to own better money instead of worse money. And it's super easy to make that switch. So I don't know, we're just riding a secular trend. And I think, you know, anyone selling Bitcoin over the next 10, 15, 20 years, and probably for the rest of time will be just fine um, if they can establish a brand and serve their customers well and have good pricing and, and all those things. Like, just like gold sellers, you know, there's millions of people and businesses around the world that sell gold. That's never going to go out of business. Um, you know, unless Bitcoin just eats gold's lunch completely, <laughs> which might happen, but for, for five millennia, that was a good business. Anyway. Um, I see it that way with Bitcoin. I think there will always be lots of people selling Bitcoin and establishing new brands and selling it in different ways and bundling it with different things. And I think really being creative and listening to you know, being creative about offering things that you think people want and then listening to them and expanding into other areas. Like, you know, we heard everyone wanted daily buys, not just weekly and monthly. So we'll be turning that on. Um, we actually started it for our own team over the weekend. So some of us are on daily buys now, which is pretty cool. Um, and we'll roll that out to everybody, I think next week. So that should be fun. And then, you know, and then people do, they don't want to have to go to two places to do um, one-time buys when they do have some money and they want to, you know, throw in a bunch at once. Um, so we will, we've already started letting people do that with wires and we will um, hopefully very soon let people do that with uh, ACH transfers, which is a, a bank transfer. Um, so more on that soon, as soon as we uh, figure out exactly how to finance that. And you guys are so keen to, to educate as well. So we'll get to that in a second and the team you're building because that's incredible. Uh, I just want to touch on for those people that are listening and thinking about joining Swan and how they take control of the coins. How do you 
push people to do that? And if they're not comfortable doing that yet, what services do you provide for them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. It ended up working out, I think, really, really well. In our, in our case, we didn't want to have to go state by state and take a bunch of venture capital money and hire a big team to deal with money transmitter licenses in, in all the U.S. states. Um, so we used a custodian. So we don't, we actually cannot access our customers' fiat dollars and we cannot access their Bitcoin, like literally have no access to it, um, which is really interesting from a security perspective perspective because it means that you don't have to trust a startup that was initially you know three or four people and now is nine people you don't have to trust us with custody you can trust the people that are also doing the custody for all the crypto hedge funds and binance and Wobi and bitrex and okx and all these big exchanges like of course they're better at custody than we would be it's ludicrous to think that we would be better than them um so that part is kind of nice uh what we also set up though is uh free automatically initiated withdrawals. We say free automatic withdrawals, but um, you still want to be able to uh, to confirm. Like the user, in case you get hacked or something, you wouldn't want to um, have the Bitcoin actually being sent to a Bitcoin address with an on-chain transaction without at least seeing that that transaction is happening. Um, so the withdrawal initiates, and then you just have a, a single one button to click from your email, you get an email from our custodian and, and that's how you um, automatically withdraw. Um, but yeah, it works out really well. I think right now uh, over half of our users are doing automatic withdrawals and it's something like 70% of the Bitcoin. So the larger purchases um, on balance are not using the custodian and they're taking it, taking custody wherever they want to take it. Are you finding any surprises in the demographics? Is there anything you can share there that's um, kind of red flagged you? And boomers love boomers love Bitcoin, <laughs> and even boomers' parents. We got people in their eighties. Uh, I always laugh, like um, you know, Reed Womack, who's been doing the podcast circuit, Bitcoin <laughs> Buddha on Twitter. Uh, it, it also runs uh, customer support and a lot of our social media and things like that. He's one of the one of the faces of Swan, and I mean that guy has, you know two page emails sent to him by people that just want to ask everything. And, you know, it's, it's really fascinating the insights that come from those types of conversations. Cause the young people that just get it inherently, like they're not giving you a lot of information that you can then use for, you know, to make your frequently asked questions section better or to change, you know, some aspect of your sign up flow. Uh, they just kind of, they know what the button means and they kind of know what you're saying and they just get through it really quick but you get somebody that's, you know, in their seventies or eighties and they're trying to figure it out. And, uh, it really makes your product so much better for everyone. So, uh, we love our, uh, elderly and more experienced <laughs> in life terms customers. Cause they're kind of, uh, they're the common denominator that you want to make sure the product actually works for. That's awesome to hear. Whether I mean, I know by speaking, uh, you know, to, to family members and stuff that they're just not interested. They don't want to know. And I've been trying to figure out how do you unlock that generation? So, so it's clearly happening somehow. Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, I know that we're going to capture some of them, but it's also very clear that that, that demographic is going to go bananas for Bitcoin uh, as soon as you can just start buying it through Fidelity and in their brokerage accounts, you know, so... You know, whether you see uh, GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust or whatever they're called, um, trust company, I guess, 
uh, if they get on more platforms, because they're not on all the brokers in the US, they're on, you know, interactive brokers and a, and a handful of others. But if they were on the mainstream ones, um, they'd explode. I think the reason that they're probably not is because those brokerage platforms don't want to give up all the margin to Grayscale. So they're kind of just waiting and figuring out, you know, can they do a better deal both for their users, Grayscale is really expensive, um, and also for themselves. Uh, so when I, when you see it show up in, you know, your, you know, city, city brokerage account, Citibank or, you know, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, it'll come through the fidelities and all those guys first, but then it'll probably be in the commercial banks eventually as well. And, uh, then there'll just be no, no barrier whatsoever. They won't have to log into anything else. It's going to be pretty neat. Yeah. It would just be a, a phone call with the, uh, in air quotes, uh, financial advisor or um, wealth manager, and if yeah. you can just name a ticker and say, "Right, buy me some of that," then off you go. We, we've got a whole new game ahead of us. Yeah, you know it's funny. I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit because you know I wear um, another hat too, as being an investor, and you know I'm involved in something like 40, 45 startups or something um, as an advisor and investor. And uh, the pitch that I probably hated to hear the most when I used to take a lot of pitches is, uh, well, it's such a big market that we only need this tiny little slice and we'll be a big company. And that's basically like, okay, there's the door you can go now. Um, because the secret of venture investing is usually that you need to have some sort of niche that you start with that you can be a monopoly in and capture those outsized profits. Right. Um, it's just not going to be like that in Bitcoin. There is nobody that can have a monopoly selling a commodity it's a commodity market. And if you're going to compete in a commodity market, it's done on brand and service and, and other aspects of your product that you, that you bundle into it, um, or strategic decisions and partnerships that you, that you make and then execute on. And you can build absolutely massive businesses around commodities, even though it would seem that that's, you know, that economic theory says it should get competed away and there should be no profits, but, there's always profits. And in fact, usually what you find is a few firms take all of the profits and, and in fact, even more than all of the profits <laughs> then everybody else loses money. So, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. We're in the market and we're, we're competing to be one of the better firms out there selling Bitcoin. And, you know, it is a huge market and you don't need all of it to be really big. Um, I remember at one point Apple was, uh, like 20% of smartphone sales, but they were 150% of the industry's profits. So everybody else was losing money on the other 80% of phones. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fascinating. So how did you start building out your team? Because every, it seems like every month you've snagged one of another OG or another like um, very, very well-respected, well-known Bitcoiner, and you, you make the announcement and I'm sitting there like, my God. And I think that the, the, the most recent one was Der Gigi. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Gigi is on the team and we're really excited about the work that he's been doing. He took over our, uh, our whole XPUB launch and he's actually now literally two days ago completed a, a command line tool for XPUBs, YPUBs, ZPUBs. Uh, so command line interface, and uh, that is open source, and we'll be announcing that and making it available to everyone globally. Um, but you know, it's it's above my pay grade to understand exactly 
what it is, but Jorn and Jan are super jacked up about it. And, uh, everybody thinks it's awesome. And uh, everything that I can read about X pubs, I think this is a big, big deal and it's pretty neat. And we're just absolutely thrilled, um, to be able to contribute to the wider ecosystem. And we absolutely needed the tool. We wanted to turn on X pubs and we needed to do it a certain way. And, um, and this helped us achieve what we wanted to. Um, and it only makes sense to, to make that available to everybody. Now I've got to ask the Peter McCormack question because you know what is an ex pub? So <laughs> those people. No, can... no, I'm going to skip it. There's plenty, <laughs> plenty of episodes on that. It's not going to happen. But yeah. you know, broadly, you can you can just use it to create like like millions of addresses basically from this one thing. Um, but it gets really confusing because ex pub is like an umbrella term, and they're actually like Y pubs and Z pubs and this whole other this whole other uh, area of knowledge that you have to beef up on. To, to be fluent in XPUB lingo. Yeah, I'm definitely not there yet. I, I am but a simple marketer. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of plebs. Yeah. Although I'm not even the best marketer in my own house. My, my wife thinks it's hilarious that I sometimes describe myself that way because she's the one with the marketing MBA and I was always kind of like the finance consulting, like startup-y techie nerd. And she thinks that I'm horrible at branding and <laughs> don't have good marketing ideas. So, uh yeah, it's pretty funny to be second banana in my own house. <laughs> is she part of the team? Is she throwing some ideas around? She she makes she makes us avoid horrible mistakes. Basically, right. I run things by her sometimes, and and she either says go or no go, or like renders an opinion here or there. Not not often. She's a huge fan of the uh, the Swan Force brand. By the way, that's her favorite thing we have going. She loves our whole referral program. She loves, you can see my t-shirt since we're on video yep. while recording audio, but she absolutely loves uh, Swan Force and thinks that we should be promoting that way, 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 way more. And it should be more of an angle. Um, so I've been thinking about that since she uh, dropped the hammer on me and said that was a better brand than Swan Bitcoin. And Swan Force is anyone that signs up to Swan gets their own referral link. Is that right? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah right, okay. exactly. Yeah, so you can go to swanbitcoin.com slash enlist. You definitely have one. I have one, although I, I don't uh, take the referral fees. Um, and yeah, anybody that signs up through your link, you get 25% of their fees uh, for three years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have referrers that have made, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin in excess of a couple Bitcoin in one case and in excess of a, a whole Bitcoin in another case just in the last few months. Um, so yeah, it's real. And uh and you can also do cool things. Um, so one thing we're actually launching right now, we're just, we're just coding it, um, but it shouldn't be long. You know, we have a lot of books that our team has written. So we have, you know, Jan's book, we have Gigi's book. Uh, our book is almost done. We wrote one called uh, Bright Orange Future, Bitcoin, A Bright Orange Future. So that was me with uh, Matt Ruby, who's our initial author and a longtime friend of mine. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see about other books. Maybe we'll uh, Andy. get in. Andy's book. He hasn't given it to us just yet, but we, uh, we'll figure it out anyway. So we at least have three books, but what we're going to let, uh, the Swan force do is, uh, offer those books, uh, for free to anyone that wants to grab them. And then when those people hit our website, um, if, you know, if in, they're going to, we're going to have their email and we'll start telling them about Bitcoin and bringing them down the rabbit hole. And if at some point in the future, they sign up because you gave them a free book, um, you'll still get your same referral deal. So let's make sure everyone knows exactly what's going on. If if you if you sign up through a referral link, you get ten bucks free, right? To to mm-hmm. put into Bitcoin. 
yep. immediately or after your first purchase? How does that work? After you, yeah, yeah. After you actually sign up and do your first right. purchase, exactly. And then each time you buy, say, if you're buying fifty bucks a week, twenty five percent of the fee you the have fee. to the fee, yeah, goes to the referee. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and and it, it comes pretty quick because uh, right now a little over three quarters of our users um, do their fees prepaid annually. So the, uh, the, so the Swan Force payouts, they get paid out as we receive the fees. So if somebody prepays fees for a year, then you're getting your payout for that whole year right up front. Um, that's why the numbers can be pretty big, pretty quick. Damn, I'm gonna have to check. Yeah. Where do I check? I have no idea whether anyone's used my link. Well, we now have a uh, referrals dashboard, so you can actually log into Swan and uh, and check it out and see it in real time, which is pretty cool too. So that just launched last week. Before then, you had to like call and not call, but email us and ask <laughs> ask how <laughs> ask how it's doing. All right, so the dashboard is up and running. I'm going to go yep. check that out afterwards. Right? Okay. I wonder if anyone's used it. Listeners, is anyone using this damn link? <laughs> What's your link? Uh, SwanBitcoin.com forward slash once bitten. Once bitten, there you go. Hit Daniel's link if you're in the U.S. And you guys have <laughs> the uh, the very cool landing pages as well. I think uh, are really good. How you do that? Yeah, it's pretty neat. You you uh, if you go there, you'll actually see like a quote from Daniel and his kind face or logo welcoming you to Swan, which is kind of nice. So how I mean, how are you onboarding these guys? Is it just like do you have to go courting them, or are they just straight in? Let's go. I want to work in Bitcoin. Swan, uh, you know. Bitcoin only. Well, I, let's use the example of Gigi. I didn't know uh, Gigi's reputation and chops as an engineer. He's absolutely spectacular, um, which is such a weird thing about him and Jan because they're both such great writers. Um, and to have them both be such incredible engineers as well just kind of makes me wonder what I did with my life. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Gigi, like we weren't planning to hire another engineer, but, uh, you know, Gigi just, uh, DM'd me and said, you know, I don't, I don't know if you knew, uh, but I've been doing blank, blank, blank for X number of years and, and I'm real and I'm spectacular. And, uh, <laughs> and I pinged Jan and I was like, do you want to just like bring on another engineer like six months early? And he was like, who is it? I was like, it's Gigi. He was like, yes. I was like, okay, I'll go raise more money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't uh, you don't turn somebody like that down if he wants to work with you. It's uh, it's a privilege. Yeah, totally. um, and I feel this. I feel the same way about uh, you know Reed, who was uh, a recent addition. You know, we we put the call out and got you know 150 submissions or something for um, for uh, for the support manager role, and uh, you know I had gone through some of the resumes and Brady went through a bunch and we narrowed it down to like four or five and Brady talked to the first three or four. And, you know, I, uh, luckily these people were doing podcasts and I just like, I just, I saw some correspondence between Reed and Brady and I saw how he wrote and I saw the passion that he brought to, cause he actually went on Brady's show. So I got to listen to him before ever talking to him, you know, for like an hour and a half. And, uh, I didn't, even have a phone conversation with anybody else. I didn't talk to anybody else. I just kind of knew that that was the guy, um, which was pretty neat. Um, and now we've got, um, you know, Brecky. Brecky is full-time now. Um, so he was, he was split between us and another 
company in the space and uh he's full-time as our creative director and uh meme general so he runs the bitcoin arsenal which is a whole other thing um i shouldn't even say runs nobody runs it it's it's its own beast but it's uh it's a lot of the artists and meme warriors i think there's 81 people in that telegram chat and then there's i think a discord and then there's you know probably like a twitter group i the stuff they come up with is just blowing my mind but uh you know, we, we are firm believers that we are in the first year of uh, the great decade of the money meme wars and that Bitcoin has the dankest memes. <laughs> and that they <laughs> shall carry the day. So he's, he's, he's the general, the meme general. And um, yeah, we think, it's, we think it's really important. I mean, you've seen, uh, you probably watched Bitstein's presentation from the spring and just how great that was. And then he backs it up with, amazing videos like uh the running of the bull and then this this most recent one with the uh like the 80s stadium rock song and the money printing and everything like these things are really important um and watching uh stfu you're scaring raul blow up over the last week which has just been absolutely hilarious i think it's very popular with some of the uk memers so that one is so funny um yeah i i love that angle and I think that's really what it comes down to. Like what Swan tries to do is just tries to, um, we just try to throw the party wherever we can find an interest that people are interested in. And we just try to like do a, do some work to facilitate those connections and kind of just make that, um, make it more possible for people to do more of what they want to do anyway and do it better and highlight and promote people that are doing great work and, you know, if you go to the Arsenal page on Swan, you know, we have extensive profiles of some of the best known memers that have, you know, put out so much work like self-banked and, uh, I think we're, we either did or going to do RD, RDBTC kind of exploded on the scene this year. Definitely have a uh, star fury flames, um, up there. And, and it's just fun because it gets lost in the feed on Twitter sometimes. And when you can actually see all of the work that some of these people have done and just how clever and just how uh, incisive their thought is, let alone their artistic skills in many cases, it's, uh, it's pretty neat to see it in one place. I have such a, a huge respect for everybody that's doing that and, and doing the memes because they are so damn funny. Well, some of them are either funny or you know get you deeply thinking and wake you up in certain ways, uh, which is exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, how do we, at one point, it's got, just got to break out of the echo chamber. That's, that's, you know, how do we cross the chasm, the meme chasm from Bitcoin, Twitter to the rest of the world? That's, I mean, I've had this conversation with self-bank before and like, you know, yeah. how do you, how do you do that? Uh, I don't actually see that as the job. I think the memes are to kind of like entertain and sharpen messaging. And if something if, if a meme actually uh, has applicability for someone that's more top of funnel and going out and talking to mainstream investors or mainstream audiences on CNBC or you know something like that, they'll pick it up and it'll affect their thought and they'll explain it better or in a different way. Um, so I think you know the, the memers and the Bitcoin maximalists seep into the consciousness of the people that have crossover, large crossover audiences and make their pitch much better and much more accurate. 
And so if you pay attention all day, every day, like you do, and like I do, you know, one of the things that I think I'm most bullish about for Bitcoin is, you know, Michael Saylor coming into the space in March to learn on his own and hitting the podcast circuit by the late summer after buying $425 million worth of Bitcoin. And the reasons that he's into Bitcoin are, in my view, like 100% correct. And he's been able to separate the wheat from the chaff and choose the right reasons to care about Bitcoin and be in Bitcoin. And he's just absolutely effing nailing it better than people that have been trying to pitch Bitcoin for eight years or 10 years, you know, significantly better, which is mind blowing. Now, so that's super bullish that, you know, the educational infrastructure is in place with enough people, you know, saying the right things about Bitcoin and not getting confused by altcoins and, you know, not being scared off by guys you're being too tribal and not being scared off by, but, you know, maybe it won't be the only one and all these things. Like, no, it's just like, it's, it's the one and let's just put all the money there. Um, but the other thing I'm also really bullish on is, uh, is watching some of the people that have been around for a few years, kind of in the, in the crypto space, you know, as, as content creators, uh, coming over and watching their pitches get so much stronger and so much better and so much more accurate. Uh, I will absolutely give all the credit in the world to watching uh, Pomp, Anthony Pompliano, who I knew personally from the tech scene before he got into Bitcoin. And, you know, we squabbed over, you know, him featuring altcoiners with softball interviews, you know, as late as a year ago. Um, but man, is he just absolutely nailing the Bitcoin pitch right now. And he's always been such a great force of personality and such a likable guy just really easy to talk to. And I think it's, uh, you know, the, the guests that he's booking and the headway that he's making, um, you know, he's just absolutely crushing it. And so I think that's, you know, he can take some credit for that, but so can all Bitcoiners that have been pushing him and prodding him to be better and, and having expectations and, uh, and sending down some smacks here and there you know, that seeps into your consciousness and makes you, uh, makes you think about, you know, how you were pitching Bitcoin or what, what you were using to make a case or, you know, why were you talking about, why did you say crypto and not just Bitcoin, you know, and why are you still talking about, you know, the latest flavor of McDLT distributed ledger technology or tokenize the world or whatever, when it's really like such a small, you know, unnecessary part of the conversation that you just don't need to have. Um, so, you know, and, and Raul from, uh, from real vision, like his pitch is getting way, way better. Like we got to get him off meth still, um, <laughs> Ethereum, but, uh, you know, his, his pitch has gotten incredibly strong and, you know, his, his, uh, you know, his, his money is where his mouth is. Like we know he's irresponsibly long and we know he's getting better and he's warming up to Bitcoiners and understanding Bitcoin memes. And he's been a good sport about the, uh, you know, STFU, you're scaring Raul meme, which is amazing to see him actually like engage on a thread and understand that it's like, you know, we want you to be a little bit better, but <laughs> you know, you're also kind of like worth memeing. <laughs> and so there's some respect that, that is being accorded him, um, by being the subject of memes. Like we care, otherwise we wouldn't meme him. Um, so I love that. And that, you know, I think our, our goal, again, just bringing it back to Swan and like where we sit in the education stack, 
you know, it is going to be, it is going to be the Preston Pishes with his awesome investors podcast network. And it's going to be the Raul's and it's going to be the Pomps and it's going to be Chamath going on CNBC and, you know, and, and pulling these people in. And then when they hit Bitcoin Twitter or they ask their Bitcoin friend, or they start looking at Bitcoin podcasts, you know, our job is to be in that mix and to be available as a fantastic source of education for people getting into Bitcoin and just making it super easy to buy in, uh, in you know, what we think is the easiest, safest way to buy Bitcoin in the US. Favorite meme. What is it? Do you have mm. one? Mm. This is a good question. Um, no, I don't. I like so many. I can't, I can't do that. I could only give you like one I liked recently or something like that. That's probably the best I could do. It's the one that resonates you deeper than, than, um, than others. I mean, and to, I mean, I'll go first if you want is fix the money, fix the world for me. Just, uh, that one resonates so, so much. Yeah. Every time I see or hear problems that are going on, it's just like, God damn it. It just yeah. comes back to me every single time, you know, fix the money, fix the world. And it's such yeah. a powerful, simple thing that, um, it, it just, it can't leave me. I don't, it's just yeah. very, very, it's awesome. You know, kudos. I, it was Marty, I, I believe, um, that, that came up with that. He said that. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic one. And I, I love unpacking them and like getting in discussions with people. And I've, I've had that one as anybody who says something like that, you know, immediately gut reactions from people that recognize all kinds of other problems. And it's like, you know, a lot of those problems are going to go away and we're also going to create new problems and opportunities if we fix the money, you know, but they won't be the same problems. And, you know, because most of these things are going to go away or get way better if we fix the money, like, let's just focus on that thing. Right. And, and to be a soldier, you know, or a general or whatever, working toward fixing the money, uh, it gives you a sense of like freedom and peace um, to know that you just need to focus, you know, mostly on that. And obviously there'll be other causes and things that you may want to get involved in that are close to your heart or whatever, like you with, with, uh, with homeschooling and world schooling and things like that. And we all have those other things too. Um, but, uh, knowing that most of the stuff across the board just gets way better. If you fix the money is, is comforting. Yeah. Um, on a much less important, but just, you know, the one that's really, I'm just a huge fan of, of the, the sailor train. He's just been so good. Giga Chad, as we all call him now. Um, I, I love the cyber hornets. I mean, you know, it, it went, as soon as he said it, it went right into my profile. Uh, I started doing requests for memes in the Arsenal telegram channel, asking for hornets, everything. And they're all over the internet now. And I'm just, I'm such a huge fan. And, you know, he obviously saw that he said something awesome there and has been, saying it over and over and over again ever since. So it's uh, I like that feedback loop as well. When somebody says something and then gets it gets memed, then they say it more, which is awesome. Yeah, that was an awesome one when he said that. The Cyber Hornets thing uh, is just, I was at, you know, cracking up listening to it. I'm like, my God, that is such a great analogy. Uh, and there it was straight on. As soon as I got onto Twitter, I think it was yours, the first one I saw, and everybody was piling in on it. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, he tweeted another one today, by the way, which I back on the Hornets, which I loved. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, the critical transaction you need to do on the blockchain is the one where you move all your Bitcoin off the exchange into a cold storage wallet. Subsequently, a swarm of cyber Hornets will protect your assets every second 
31,536,000 times per year for all of eternity. <laughs> the man gets it. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah, it's such a such a good blend of um you know, he's he's got the got the econ understanding, he's got the engineering understanding and then because he's been running a company in enterprise sales, he's been selling for 30 something years. So he knows what a good story and what a good meme and what a good turn of phrase is when he hears it and he's and he chooses the right one and he also understands credibility so he understands that you can't choose the wrong narrative or you lose your credibility you must be on firm footing and you must believe and promote the thing that you're selling for the right reasons or you end up with egg on your face and you end up looking stupid in the future for choosing the wrong narrative let's get into that decision i mean how blown away were you when when that news hit the wire about microstrategy i wasn't i wasn't um i thought it was just going to be one data point um and it was like kind of interesting but you know it was it was a firm controlled by one guy so it was essentially a unilateral decision um so i was not nearly as bullish when the first news came out i got bullish when he started speaking when he you know, made it clear that he was going to hit the war path for this and do all the Bitcoin podcasts and be speaking about it regularly and that he was he was down for the cause and not just going to, you know, make the decision and just go on about his business on his yacht or his palatial Miami estate or whatever, um, that he was going to fight for this thing. Um, I, I just think he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a heck of a heck of a horse to ride as long as he's in line and doing the right things. And I remember, um, yeah, I had um, Stephen Cole on the show before when we were talking about uh, investing in startups, and I asked him, you know, if you were to invest in a startup, are you going to get to the point where you're going to insist that that startup holds X amount of percentage in Bitcoin on the balance sheet uh, to lengthen the runway? Are you going to see? Well, you, you what, don't know that that would necessarily lengthen the runway in startup terms. And right. it's, it's a real consideration, um, thinking about how much to hold. Uh, so far what we've done is we've never converted any investor money into Bitcoin, but we've also never converted our, we take our fees in Bitcoin and we've never converted any of our fees back into fiat. Mm -hmm. So we have a nice fat stack of Bitcoin that's growing from our fee revenue. Uh, but then any money that we've taken from investors is there you know, essentially just, uh, for operations and, and growing the company. So that's the approach we've taken so far. And I think the, you know, the volatility of the asset is such that, you know, I don't, I think it would be pretty risky unless you had a ton of capital, which would just be stupid. I'm, I'm a big believer if you're good at fundraising and you have a fundable project, then you should do high fidelity fundraising, which means just like raising small chunks as you go, as opposed to like a giant slug at once, because it's super dilutive to take a lot of money at a low valuation then you're just giving away your company and you're giving away control to somebody that doesn't know what you're trying to do. Um, so, you know, we've taken the approach of giving away as little of the company as possible uh, to investors and keeping as much for the team as possible and, um, and therefore never carrying a large cash balance. Now, if you have, you know, call it like a, you know, 28 year old engineer who's starting a company and doesn't have, 
17 years of fundraising experience or whatever I've got and I've raised hundreds of millions of dollars, um, you know, then you would uh, probably not want to do it the way that we do. But I can pretty much just like start sending emails and raise more money whenever. Wow. So you can take the money when you need it and you're building, um, you're building Bitcoin into the treasury and onto the balance sheet organically as you grow. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, right now we're probably about, probably about 50, 50 as far as cash <laughs> balances. We've got about 50% Bitcoin, 50% cash, uh, fiat. So for, for, for other companies out there on the private side, I had Concilium Turgan come on and talk about how, um, he had, um, taken his family business and, um, diversified into, into Bitcoin. Do you think you're, you're building this out, right? On for institutional, um, isn't that what Andy's going to do? So, if there's a company that wants to start stacking sets into the treasury, that that would be an option at Swan. No, I think what we're going to do first, and we we already launched it quietly, is uh, we started uh, really handholding um, high net worth individuals or people that want to put a lot of money to work. Uh, so basically, uh, and we'll we'll actually have this represented on the website soon. But our highest tier of membership is people that are going to be doing at least a hundred thousand dollars either now or over the next year. Um, and those people get, you know, white glove service and phone calls and, you know, handheld onboarding video calls, like whatever they need to help get them going. Um, but that's really, you know, I, I, I would call that private client services. The brand is Swan private. Um, so Swan private is, is kind of what we're doing there. And that's really Andy's world. It's not institutions. His world is high net worth individuals and families. Um, so that's what he's kind of helping out with. Cool, man. So do you foresee a, a demand for, for companies to come in and just say, right, once a month, we want to sweep X amount of profit? No, I mean, company at that level, you should be doing something more sophisticated, like what Sailor and MicroStrategy did, right? Mm -hmm. They were probably, well, actually, I wouldn't do it how he did. It sounds like he was actually making buys himself <laughs> on an exchange. So he was probably like literally on Coinbase Pro or something like making tons and tons of buys. Um, I, I think the, uh, the much, he probably did it because he had like an intellectual curiosity about it and just kind of wanted to be the guy that does that. Most CFOs and CEOs shouldn't do that. They should just hook up with a large OTC desk, like, you know, Cumberland or jump or circle or FTX or one of these giant guys that have, you know, ridiculous, ridiculously high volumes and deep liquidity and can source that Bitcoin and can algorithmically make your buys so that even a large buy doesn't move the market at all. Um, so that's probably what you would want to do with, you know, nine figure Bitcoin buys is just give it to an OTC desk. Nine figure Bitcoin buys. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> ludicrous to think that anybody would come to, uh, you know, essentially a retail platform like Swan with, you know, even an eight figure buy would be silly. You would just go and pay like 0.1% from an OTC desk or something. Um, but we have had quite a few people do, you know, six figure buys and they may want to space it out over, you know, five days or 10 days or whatever. And we can automate that and get them good entry points. And, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to get the kind of service and education that, that we deliver. Um, and, you know, essentially have an account management team. Um, if you go to an OCT desk, it's kind of like, you need to know exactly what you're doing and onboard one and done and buy peace out. You don't have a relationship anymore. Um, so we kind of fill that sort of, uh, that gap. So let's talk about Swan Signal. Possibly like, one of the podcasts of the year. Like the guests you get on there are just absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally just left 
they were still going. We had, we were taping with uh, Breedlove and Parker right before I hopped in here. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, what is today? I think it's next week. So yeah. So next week, the 13th is, uh, is Michael Saylor, uh, with Danielle DiMartino Booth. Wow. Um, who's, you know, a fed expert and a queen of macro and someone who doesn't pull any punches when she talks. And I was, I, and I, I don't exert any editorial control whatsoever over Swan signal, but I do spend a lot of time thinking about the pairings. And I was thinking in my head of all the people that we've seen on Bitcoin podcasts and macro podcasts over the last year of like who the most badass spark plug who just doesn't give a shit about what the interviewer thinks or the other guest or whatever. And, uh, and like Danielle just kept on popping into my head. I was like, she's such a badass. And Michael is just so confident and such a badass. I just think it's going to be the, the coolest goddamn conversation and I can't wait. And I just feel lucky to get to watch shows like that. <laughs> um, and similarly, like, you know, the whole, the whole point of putting VJ with Raul was literally to, to force Raul to have a conversation about Ethereum. And he knows that and it's fine and he's totally fine with his opinion and he's totally fine with evolving his opinions over time. But I think it was really important that someone um, as eloquent and as strong-willed as VJ, who's not going to give an inch, like that guy absolutely, you know, has faith that he's done the research and he's done the thinking from first principles and from secondary research to believe the things that he believes and he won't waver regardless of how nice your yacht is, Right like VJ is going to believe what he's going to believe. And so having someone with that, um, that confidence and that, that willpower on with someone like a Raul, I think is really, really important. You can't, you can't put really strong, strong willed, uh, effective speakers up, uh, you know, necessarily just with an interviewer, you know, cause the interviewer is just trying to be a nice host or whatever. So you can't really tease out the insights always, uh, in a friendly situation like everybody's cordial everybody's professional but you know the ideas need to battle that's the thing i find when i watch them uh you know you, you think oh this is gonna be there's gonna be fireworks there's gonna be something going off here but it's never it's never that way it's always you know fully intellectual f- you know full of respect um i'm sure it wouldn't be the same if you got peter schiff coming on but you know <laughs> that's uh I mean, the only, the only one I would trust with, uh, with Schiff, if we ever did have him on is, uh, is Jan. Right. Yeah. He just, he has a way of just totally disarming people for the first half hour. And then, you know, once you hit the 59 minute mark, you know, the guy's just like in shambles bleeding from the neck <laughs> on the floor. Um, you know, and you don't notice cause it seems like it was all super polite but Jan is also very strong willed. And, you know, once you, once he's established that he respects you and that he, uh, you know, is, is going to validate the things that you have to say because he has respect for other humans, you know, he's going to start making his points and he doesn't have any problem interrupting you to continue his thought if you interrupted him. And, uh, if you just watch the second half hour of him with Eric Townsend, cause it gave Eric about a half hour to warm up. If you just watch from like 31 to 60 of Jan with Eric Townsend, he got Eric to 
give so much ground and give so many pro Bitcoin sound bites that have never come out of Eric's mouth before. It's spectacular. It's so cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that. So Jan, by the way, going way back to a half hour ago, Jan, I hunted. <laughs> I, got an, I got an early copy of his book from Twitter and I was just absolutely blown away at just how, uh, how clearly he could describe Bitcoin and, and make you care about it and make you understand it. And so, yeah, we, we met up um, after I chased him, met up at Bitcoin 2019 and I gave him the largest uh, chunk of shares as an advisor and, you know, just tried to keep him close and get him integrated and, you know, then found out what an incredible engineer. This is his seventh startup and his last one he co-founded and it sold for almost 300 million bucks a couple of years ago. Like he's, he's a really talented guy. Um, and so having him on the team, essentially, you know, running engineering and product uh, just gives me so many degrees of freedom to do other things that I do a lot better than, than I would do product. Um, and then, you know, I can dip in and give suggestions here and there and it's, it's not, a lot of noise because I don't have to be on it all the time. And I don't know if you uh, tried Give Bitcoin, which was the product that I was essentially responsible for that we launched in uh, in November or October a year ago. But like the engineering team was great. We were using a dev shop at the time and they did an awesome job and they still are on the team and do a lot of stuff for us. Uh, I just give really absolute shite product direction and it wasn't a very good product. <laughs> So the first thing that Jan and Jorn had to do when they came in was like completely redo that product for a month before we could even start on Swan. Um, so yes, I, I, I know to stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> so what is next then, Corey, for Swan? Because there's so many people out there that are going to want to know, you know, when you're building, how you're building, what you're going to be looking for, because mm -hmm. people want to work for you. Okay. So we are launching daily buys, which is going to be awesome. So you'll be able to select from daily, weekly, and monthly. Uh, and that will be out next week. We'll be noisy about that. Um, and then we will be doing one-time buys uh, at some point soon, just as soon as we can uh, figure out how to finance the float, essentially, because we, did, we most of our users do ACH polls, uh, which is a bank transfer, but we don't actually get the bank-to-bank -bank transfer for like 10 to 12 days. But if you're doing a one-time buy, you want to lock in the Bitcoin price when you when you smashed buy, right? Um, so you know companies with tons and tons of cash on their balance sheet from VCs and from altcoin trading like Coinbase, they can finance that, or they can hedge off that risk because they have a bunch of people that are good at doing that. Um, we're figuring out how to uh, do that very cost effectively, and we have a few options. And, and as soon as we get something like that in place, we'll launch one-time buys. Uh, and then as soon as we do that, we'll be able to start doing formula buys, which I think is going to be incredibly cool and incredibly fun. So here's kind of the user story there. So uh, this guy, you know, Daniel Prince, who has a podcast, thinks that people uh, might want to sign up for a, uh, a formula buy. I'll use if this, then stack. I think that it was either Jan or Phil Geiger that said that the first time. Oh, we'll give it to Phil because Unchained is awesome. Um, so if this, then stack. So it's basically looking for a signal from publicly available data that's available by API. And if that condition is met, then you stack X dollars worth of Bitcoin. So it could be like, you just think, you know, if, if, if a self-banked Twitter post gets 100 likes, then buy $100 worth of Bitcoin. 
and that could be your formula. And you submit that, uh, and we say, cool, that's valid. And then you get to promote that on your social networks, on your podcast, whatever, and say, sign up for my Swan formula. It's called, you know, Swan Self Bank or something. And as soon as, I don't know what the cutoff is going to be. It'll be like probably either 50 or 100 people. As soon as that number of people sign up for your formula, we'll code it. It'll go live and those people will automatically be enrolled. And then you as the creator of the formula will actually get uh, referral fees from everyone who buys using your formula. That is very cool. That is a very, very cool idea. That is very cool. <laughs> so I'm start thinking, thinking about your formulas. We'll I'm have it sometimes. As soon as we have one-time buys done, then we'll, uh, we'll start working on formulas. I'm already thinking. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, you know like, for, for every new Michael Saylor analogy, just set up a, a new formula buy on, you know, whatever. <laughs> Basically. Whatever well, we've had, had it, just, it has to be, it has to be machine readable so that it's, uh, it's, um, you know, so that everyone has one source of truth and, and we would all interpret the signal the same way. So it has to be like, you know, the price of the price of Bitcoin drops 5% within the last 24 hours, according to blank price index. And if that happens, then, you know, buy 2x my weekly buy or something like that, whatever that formula is. If Schiff says Bitcoin is dead, you know, that he's, he's the ultimate. Yeah, it, it, it'll probably be, yeah, counter trade Schiff. That's probably the most popular example is <laughs> if Peter Schiff includes Bitcoin in a tweet, buy $5 worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of work, though. For uh, if you you guys are going to get overrun with uh, with, with formulas, uh, so I hope you are. Well, that's, ready the, for that's, that. that's the thing. It'll be worth it to us to code it if enough people have signed up. That's mm-hmm. why it's going to be. We're not going to we're not going to lift a finger. You know, Gigi and Yorn and Yon aren't going to do anything unless you know a hundred people have signed up for the formula. Then it makes sense to code it. I can already imagine, like when we release this podcast, that's going to be the thread underneath, right? If when. <laughs> What are the what are the formulas going to be? Yeah, I hope so. I want to see some really creative ones. I mean, every time I posit this to somebody, they they have their own that they want, and it'll just be a matter of you know, do a lot of people actually want to do that? I think so. I think you're onto something, man. Definitely. Is there um, anything else we've left untouched that you want to you know talk about with uh, with regards to Swan or Bitcoin? Um, well, I, I should say we already are taking wires. So a lot of people are already doing like six figure purchases through us. Um, we're just handling the handling it manually right now. So it'll be available on the site here in the next week or two. Um, so you can actually like set it up and wire money and, and make purchases that way. Um, so we are already handling one-time buys, um, for large ones. So if you're interested in that, just uh, email us, hit us up and support, support at swanbitcoin.com and let us know that you want to buy. Um, and that'll be on the site soon. Um, i trying to think what else. I mean, I, I do want to welcome, um, you know, Brandon Quidham is now our head of communications. Um, so I don't think we got real noisy about that. We'll have a proper announcement of some kind out at some point. But, um, you know, he's, he's sort of doubled the time. He's still doing a little bit outside of Swan, but he's more or less uh, on every meeting and doing all of our communications and emailing. I think he wrote our entire last newsletter. So uh, it's been just amazing to have that uh, just super skilled and, uh, and giant brain added into the mix. And Brandon's a very impressive guy. Um, 
and then we're doing a lot more with uh, with Rob Breedlove now as well. So he's uh, he's not on not on staff, but he's on contract to do a lot more like video and writing uh, through Swan. So look out for more Breedlove articles um, coming out from the Swan Signal podcast, and a lot more. We started posting Rob videos yesterday, um, educational videos, just like short clips, um, just him talking about different Bitcoin topics. And I think we've got about sixty or eighty of those in the can that we'll kind of dribble out over the next month or two. Just another two huge names that have joined the stable, like Brandon and Breedlove. Like, <laughs> so where can people set up uh, alerts when when you go to the wire and say that uh, you, you're trying to fill a position? What should people do? Uh, I mean, we only ever posted. We would post it on Twitter if we had an open role. So that's where we hire. We hire. We hire Bitcoiners that have other skills besides loving Bitcoin. So that come um, from the Swan account or your account or Jan's account or everybody. Well, would... we'll, if we were going to hire somebody, we would announce it from the Swan handle. Yeah. Right. Okay. Swan Bitcoin. Um, and the last time we did that was for uh, the role that ended up becoming Reed. But we don't actually have any any plans hires anytime soon um this thing is kind of built to scale and should never really have more than i'd say like 10 or 11 people cool man well keep them peeled listeners if you're looking for a job within the bitcoin space yeah and can i can i just plug uh bitcoiner ventures real quick so this is uh what is our twitter handle i think it's bitcoiner vc um, but it's also bitcoinerventures.com and you can look up bitcoiner ventures on angelist so it's an angelist syndicate we are actively looking at our second investment right now. So we're down to three or four companies. This is uh, myself, Stefan Lavera, Louis Liu um, from Mimesis Capital and Jan Pritzker. Uh, and so, yeah, if you are interested in doing our second deal, you should go sign up. You should hop into our Telegram. It's t.me slash Bitcoin Adventures. And uh, we did our first deal in May into uh, Unchained Capital's last round. And there are some really exciting ones um, in the mix for probably soon, I'd say in probably the next like six to eight weeks. So it's a really good time to jump in. If you sign up for the syndicate, you have the right, but not the obligation to participate, which is cool. So you get to see the details and, you know, learn from us, everything that we learn from the team and see the materials and all that stuff, but you don't have to invest. Uh, we have a super low minimum. So anyone that gets on can do as little as a thousand dollars. And we had a few people do that amount into unchained, which is awesome. Um, doesn't bother the company because you just show up as, as one line item on their cap table. Um, and then the other thing just to, to remind people is that the four of us uh, have no economics in this. Um, we don't take fees uh, and we don't take uh, carry, which is what VCs usually do is take a percentage of profits. Um, and all four of us uh, to do a deal, we have to agree each of us to invest uh, on the same terms as the rest of the syndicate. So we're just part of the syndicate. So, you know, our motivation really is just kind of like support the ecosystem, network a lot and and learn a lot just by kind of, uh, you know, again, just being the ones who kind of organize it and, and make it happen. We get a lot of benefits just from that for the other things that we do. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun group. There's over 200 people in the Telegram channel and I think we're closing in on a hundred people in the syndicate. Um, so hopefully this thing grows and, you know, in a year or two, you know, if there's a good deal and there's, you know, a, a strike or an upstream data or an unchained or, a, you know, a river or whatever that's looking for some capital, just be like, snap your fingers and, you know, get a quarter mil to add to the round from Bitcoiners around the world. That's kind of the goal. That'll be very cool. And a, a really easy way for normal plebs 
those people that don't have the accredited investor kind of uh, mantle. It's not. It's not crowdfunding. You do have to. Uh, you do have to qualify on AngelList. Um, so you, you self-certify, but yeah, there are some hoops to jump through. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've. We've. I think it, it's much more lenient to invest in a single deal um, versus investing in a fund. I think. Um, since we're not a fund and it's just individual deals, a lot of people that uh, I wouldn't have thought would have qualified, uh, Angelist had no problem with the creds that they sent in. Yeah, so I mean, I'd, I, say, I'd say give it a shot, but we also have had some people not qualify, but that's handled by Angelist. I signed up, although I signed up for Angelist a long time ago, never did anything with it, but I think that all the accreditation was still there. But I, I don't remember it being too much of a ball ache. And you certainly didn't need to have like a minimum, what, what are the accreditation rules in the US? Like uh, 5 million or something? Mm, no, it's much less. Is it? Yeah, you have, to, you have to be making like 200K as a single or 300 as a married couple or have like a million dollars liquid or something like that. I don't know what it is. Um, but it's definitely less. A lot of people have qualified with less than that. So I would just... Get in the Telegram group, try to qualify on AngelList. If you have a problem, hit me up on Telegram or Twitter, and uh, you know, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it could be fun. I'm, I'm going to go check uh, and see who you got the uh, two or three companies down to and, and what, they're, what they're doing and look what looks interesting. Um, I've definitely not been paying attention to that, that Telegram group. Yeah. Doing other things. Well, we, we don't talk about that openly with the whole group. We decide right. which company is the next one. Mm-hmm. at the partner level and then we present the opportunity so we're just we're in the final stages of deciding which deal we want to do and talking to founders and companies and and then we'll present it to the wide group and these of course are just bitcoin only companies of course which is exciting con- considering you've got like uh, two or three to consider you know that that's that's great news for the um ecosystem as a whole that more and more bitcoin companies are springing up out of nowhere yeah yeah, there's some neat stuff, man. I mean, you've got uh, mining and mining software companies. You've got you know a couple of players doing what to me looks like one of the more interesting things with uh, discrete log contracts. You got shared bits and atomic loans. Um, you know, and obviously all of the different wallet plays. And I think there's a lot of exciting stuff out there right now. Yeah, and a big shout out to uh, Stack and Sat, who are based in France and through a conference surfing Bitcoin in Biarritz this weekend, which I was lucky enough to get to. First time I've been to one of these meet space events and so nice to meet some real Bitcoiners in real life, especially during these uh, corona lockdown periods. Um, it was brilliant. And that is a brand new, um, it is like the swan Bitcoin in France, basically, is, is what they're trying to become. So this is um, this is happening, right? And uh, that- what's that one called, Daniel? Stacking set. Awesome. That's great. Love it. Yeah, it's uh, again, like I say, they're going to be thousands of companies selling Bitcoin in different ways, just like there's you know currency exchange windows in every country all around the world. Um, you know, it's never uh, never a bad idea to uh, figure out how to serve people that want to buy the best product ever sold to man. <laughs> so mate, I know you're a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to your, your pill color, uh, just because of the, the matrix. So if you had one red pill left to give to someone, who would that person be and why? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I actually, I was thinking about it this morning and um, 
and it's one, one hit me yesterday and another one hit me today. And then it's basically the same thing. I want to get either Lorene jobs or Mackenzie Scott, former Bezos. I want to like, I want to red pill somehow. One of those two ladies, one has like 20 bill and the other one has 60 bill and they're both super smart and they both, I think would get it. And, uh, I think they would understand, you know, they're both heavily involved in charitable missions, you know, all around the globe, spending billions of dollars on all these different causes. And I think if you could get them to see how many of the ills in our global society and local societies are, are just wrecked by fiat bullshit. Uh, sorry uh, for the swearing. It's fine. I think I think those those types of people you just got to find somebody that um, that is really into Bitcoin and get them talking and you know it's probably not going to be me that gets an audience there but I think you could behind the scenes somehow navigate a meeting for you know a Chamath or a Michael Saylor um, to get with them somehow so fix the money fix the world that's the meme for them it you know it, yep, charitable exactly. causes. Right, that's it, it fixes so much. So uh, yeah, well, great, great call out, mate. Brilliant, and thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for being such an early supporter. Thanks for um, you know supplying me with the uh, affiliate link, even though I can't be a customer with with Swin with Swan, excuse me, because of my location. So great to see how far you guys have come and how you're building it out, and the team you've put together is uh, is amazing. Um, huge, huge. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, uh, just getting started, man. Long, long, long way to go. I think we got, you know, less than 1%, less than 1% of people on the globe owning Bitcoin and that should be a hundred. So yeah, <laughs> we do have a long way to go. So, uh, Corey, thanks, man. Take care and, uh, look forward to the next one. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for listening to that show with Corey. And Corey, thank you so much again for taking the time to come on and talk about Bitcoin, talk about Swan, talk about your mission. Really appreciate all of the support that you've given me. And um, the, the, the company that you're building, I think, is incredible. And everybody that is a part of the, that team is is mind-blowing. The, the people you've got on board... It can only grow from strength to strength. And as more and more people come in and start using the DCA service, the dollar cost average service, that's what we all believe is going to lift the price floor along with the uh, the, the huge corporate buys. But it's us plebs that are going to do the hard yards every week, well, every day now at Swan. You can just start stacking. And that is such a key element to this this whole thing. And this is what's going to push it forward. And this is what we're all here for, this, this, this huge change. And doing our own tiny little bit, one step at a time. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame we don't have uh, a swan on our side of the pond. Uh, there's, there's plenty of firms stepping up. You know, trying to fill that void. So let's hope somebody uh, somebody can come in and, and do that, as well as you guys. If not, uh, you know, you're welcome on our shores anytime. Would love to would love to see you guys 
launch a service over here. So fingers crossed. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Corey, really appreciate it. Look forward to the next one and look forward to actually meeting in real life one day when we're all allowed to travel again and, and get to the conferences. And I've met so many people now within the space. I've been so very humbled by the people that have come onto the show and it'd just be nice to stand in front of some of these guys, give them a big hug. Bitcoiners hug, right, guys? I don't think we shake hands. And um, yeah, look forward to that first bit. So... Before we sign off, make sure you head over to Swan Bitcoin. If you, if you are in the US, swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten. Go start your stack and sats journey there. You'll get $10 to kick you off. And if, the, if you're in the UK, you got to get over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten to go start stacking some sats there. Really appreciate everybody listening. If you are wondering where your nearest DCA service is or fiat cost average service is, go check out at Friar Hass, F-R-I-A-R-H-A-S-S on Twitter. He has a list of all the services around the world. And before I sign off, thank you as always to at Adam Woodhams one for putting this together. Really appreciate all your hard work. And... Um, of course, thanks to my co-host and thanks to everybody out there listening. Whatever you're doing, sharing, commenting, liking, reviewing, love it all. Keep bringing the noise. Buckle up. Get on the rocket rides. Twitter's warming up. It's only just warming up. If you're class of 2020, I'm very, very jealous of you guys. Um, find, find an experienced man or woman Follow them very, very closely because this is going to get hairy and we're all here to help each other see, see you through the other side. Don't sell, guys. All right, until the next show, take care.